Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about how to maximize your potential and multiply your results. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Vicki Helm. Vicki is a best-selling author, conscious business strategist, and personal development teacher. You can learn more about Vicki at her website, vickihelm.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Vicki. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Awesome. I'm looking forward to this conversation and thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm delighted to have you. And I'm excited. It's okay if we start with your story. How did you become an accidental entrepreneur when you were 10? Yeah, everybody asked this. Everybody asks. Um, but uh, there was a moment when uh, I was on literally playing outside and I was 10 years old. I lived in San Francisco at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, hmm how could I make money? How could I make money? How could I make money? And I kept repeating that question in my head. How can I make money? How could I make money? And when the idea came to me, I, I didn't even hesitate because, you know, there's a level of innocence when you're 10. And so I walked to the next house and I knocked on the door. I didn't have my spiel ready. I didn't have anything ready. I just walked to the next door and I said, Hi, my name is Vicky and I'm collecting bottles because, and I didn't even get the full sentence out before the lady realized that I was going to collect her pop bottles. And she was excited. She went into her garage, collected these pop bottles and handed them to me. And I, you know, had my arms full and said, thank you. And I walked to the next house and I was like, I didn't have my spiel already. So I knocked on the next door and of course, I had a handful of bottles. Somebody answered the door and I was like, hi, my name is Vicky and I'm collecting Coke bottles. And I never even got through that. And they gave me the Coke bottles. So by the time I was done with those two houses, I, I realized there was a hole in my plan. I couldn't go to the third house because my hands were too full and they were <laughs> glass bottles back then. So I started walking up the street to take the bottles back to the local Safeway grocery store. and somebody had left a grocery cart empty right on the corner. And then my brain was like, oh, grocery cart. So I put the bottles back in the grocery cart and I turned the grocery cart around and I went to the third house and, you know, the fourth house and the fifth house and the sixth house until the cart was so loaded with Coke bottles. And on the way to the store, it was uphill. On the way from the store, it was downhill. So I was pushing and pushing and lugging and pushing. And suddenly out of my periphery, my two sisters and a friend came up and they were like, where'd you get all those Coke bottles? And I was like, well, you know, they're pop bottles. And I was like, I need help taking them back up. And so uh, I told him what I did. And we got to the store and the store guy was like, wow, you got a lot of bottles today. And so we divvied up the money and we each got a cart and we went back out there. And for we had customers, literally, because people wanted to carry the soda home because it was downhill, but they didn't want to take the empty bottles back because it was walking uphill. So we had, you know, after a while, we would go on the weekends every weekend, knock on the door and they'd be, oh, we saved the bottles for you. So for two years until we moved from San, San Francisco up to Northern California, up further, um, I literally had a business with my sister where we had regular clients and customers 
and we just collected the Coke bottles and they, they liked us up at the grocery store. Oh, you guys are back. I see you got the bottles. And that's how I accidentally became an entrepreneur. Just wow. How amazing. So it started with just the question, how can I make money? How can I make money? And yeah, then and when the idea came, you acted on it. And it ended up being this win-win type of situation where you were helping the people out and they were helping you out. What a beautiful, amazing thing. And the amazing thing about the universe itself, not just that, but when I needed the cart, it showed up. I identified the problem and the answer was right there. Ooh. I identified that I couldn't push the cart up by myself. And there was a team of people right there out of nowhere. It was not like I was trying to, you know, okay, I got to find four people to help me right now. They just, three people showed up and there was four of us. Wow. That is amazing. What a beautiful thing. So have you continued to apply these types of principles just forever? Yeah. You know, when I hit 15, we had moved. Well, from from the bottles, I was the only girl to deliver newspapers in my entire city back in the day when you had a newspaper route and you, it was your solo first business. So that was the second business I did. Then the third business I did, you know, I was in Northern California. So it was, it was, it was warm in the winter, although I was like, Ooh, it's 65. It's so cold. <laughs> but, um, you know, I ended up having regular customers for car washes as well. I would wax your car and wash your car from 15 to 17 or 18. And, um, I just somehow uh, would figure out how to make money when I needed money. And that stuck with me, although I have a traditional education and I have a degree in accounting, um, I, I prefer entrepreneurship. It does seem that some people are kind of fine-tuned into that direction. And isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Because we need people to come up with the ideas. And since that's not everybody's forte, we need jobs. So when somebody comes up with something, then it helps the other people to be able to find a job that someone else created. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. What a lovely thing. Now you had a word here or a statement. It was a, a, you're a conscious business develop strategist. That's like develop a mouthful strategy. there. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, it's so interesting. Conscious business is twofold for me. One is consciousness inside your business, how you run your business and treat your people. And then of course, conscious business being planet and, you know, people and profits, you know, in that order, so that we're not causing harm and or addictions or anything else. So when I say conscious business, I am really looking at people who have businesses that I, I won't help the entrepreneur because I, my values don't align with the business they're starting. So um, like I don't do liquor stores and I don't do any porn sites for people or things like that, those things that don't align with my value. But I think consciousness in business, there's a level of consciousness when you have a sense of purpose to what you're doing. And it's not that you find purpose, like I'm going to go out and find my purpose and then everything's going to be better and I'm going to be happy. It's having purposefulness in whatever you're doing. So I have this idea just like when I was 10 years old, where I trust the idea given to me because ideas aren't something you get or you find or you create. They're gifts from the universe that say, I have an idea. When you say I have an idea, 
you've laid claim to the gift that was given to you by the universal mind power, the, the um, source of all things. And that said, go collect bottles from the neighbor's house. Just knock on that door over there and tell them you want their Coke bottles. And when you have faith and trust in that and act on that, instead of going, hey, I have an idea. What do you think of this? That what you think of this is doubt. The second you say, what do you think of this? Instead of how am I going to accomplish this? What's my next step? Guide me to the next step. So what I learned with the innocence of a child's mind is to trust my next step, not say, hey, what do you think of this idea? The second you do, I've taken my eyes off the person directing me forward and put it outside of myself. And that's where a lot of conflict in business happens. So you being conscious in business when you're doing business development is the aspect that I look at. When I sit down with somebody, I want them to trust the idea that came through them. And let's figure out how to make it a reality and be purposeful about it. Okay, I like that. And I was thinking in my mind how you reconcile the idea of not saying, what do you think about this? And yet you are a a coach, a strategist, that they're coming to you basically saying, what do you think about this? And you're like, just do it. Just do it. I mean, what what do you do next? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's interesting how we can talk ourselves out of our own bliss or our own direction, you know, that we think somehow there needs to be some some guided force that is sitting right beside us. And really, you are a guided force in and of yourself, just your humanity, just as a person. So as you people come to you, you're able to help guide and direct them really to trust themselves and to listen to that, that inspiration that those Mm -hmm. gut feelings and move forward. Yeah, that that is awesome. That's how you turn into an entrepreneur. The first business you do it, you screw it all up and it's not as good as it could be. And there's always a learning curve, but there's also a transformation curve Mm. and everybody pays attention to the learning curve, but they never embrace the transformation curve. The transformation curve is the, you know, let's say 70% of the things go right, but 30% of the things go wrong. And that 30% that goes wrong That's the transformation curve. It's who you have to become in order to achieve the next level. And maybe that's a skill set. Maybe that is a what I call divine set. There's skill set, mindset, and divine set. And mindset is your thinking mind. And your divine set is your alignment with what you're doing, your your spiritual alignment with what you're doing. That that to me is is a a big thing, but spiritual and mental always cause the transformation of something. And skill set is usually knowledge, you know, knowledge of some sort of how to do something like use this piece of software or use this, know how to build this website or outsource it somewhere. That's just skill set. Okay. And so as this skill set to develop and to improve that, does that come just from practice? Or are there some tips that you can help us to be able to do a better job? Sure, I can do that. I want to know which skill. What, which of in those? In order to give you tips, I need to know in, in what direction. Are we doing mindset tips or um, divine set tips or just skill set tips? How about divine set tips? Because this is the first time I have ever heard that term. 
and thought about that skill set. So this is going to be something new and exciting for me. Divine set is is very simple. It's it's something that I use because everybody is all big about mindset. And your divine set is, um, I I the only way I think about it for myself is I ask me all the time, and I say to myself, "What did God promise the world when He birthed me on this planet? What did He promise the world that I would do? What did He promise the world that I would be?" When he gave birth, you know, here's your chance to be on the earth right now. And you're going to bring love. You're going to bring encouragement. You're going to bring, what are you going to bring here? What did he promise the earth that you would be? And so when I get it up in the morning, I also feel to myself, I start my day with my divine set. The first thing I do every morning for at least 30 minutes is connect with the divine. Like, hello, grab my coffee, sit down and, you know, read that divine book, meditate for a bit, contemplate for a bit, whatever you do. That's the first thing I do. My connection with that is the most powerful thing because the answers don't come to your thinking mind. Answers don't come from there. When you watch somebody try to think they do this a lot, they're like, Their eyes roll up and they're waiting for something to drop in. They're not asking the mind to think about it. Well, if you're not aligned, you struggle to drop in. You're like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Your mind has to shut up to receive that what you're going to do next. And what happens is you don't hear a voice that says you're going to do this next. You hear an inspiration. You hear uh, do this next, but it's a feeling, a gut feeling, an inspiration, a motivation that says, here, you give that inspiration words. When it comes in, you'll feel this inspiration. and It'll be like, knock on the door next to you and go ask them for the bottles. And that's the idea that comes through you. The question is whether you're going to be present with what's coming through. I do the divine set piece because it makes me mindful and aware enough to feel me to say, here's my next step forward. Here's my, that's why I like having these conversations with you without, you know, a preset set of questions. Because if you have a preset set of questions, you sound like every other interviewer who's asking the same questions. But when you're in the moment, the message can come through that wants to come through. And that message comes between and through you and I, you asking the question that comes through you in the moment. You have to trust the question that's coming through you. It doesn't come through your mind. If you really sit and be with it for a moment, it's an inspiration of a question and boom, that comes in. So when you're in that divine alignment in the morning, then I say these six words, six words every morning to myself before I get out of bed. And the six words are, good things are coming my way. Good things are coming my way. What that does is help me pay attention to what's coming my way. Good things are coming my way. I'm telling my mind what to focus on, what I want it to do. And that piece of divinity kind of guides the next move, guides the next conversation, guides the next client I'm going to work with, guides the next business or book I'm going to write. That's 
I hope I answered that question because it's such a deep question. It's such a vast question as well for divine set. It is. And what beautiful insight that you've shared. And as I'm thinking about the beauty of aligning ourselves with the divine, and then it implies that faith, that trust to listen to that, that inspiration and to act on it rather than to do that knee-jerk thing that you talked about earlier, which is, what do you think about that? Or, or no, maybe I shouldn't or, or whatever. Yeah. But you have developed this relationship, and so you're able to trust and to move forward. How beautiful that that began as a child. Thank you. Wow, That thank you. That means a lot that you said that. But I would like to um, just add this in. I didn't create it. I am that, as everyone else is that. We are that relationship between the divine and here. And I'm just blessed to be living it. I haven't ignored it or looked at it, but everybody is divinity. Everybody has the ability to connect with that. It's our mind that comes in and likes to help us ignore this part. I don't know why. I don't know why that's done that. Um, But my job, my goal, my desire through life is to stop my mind from doing that and align with it saying, oh, in this moment, Good things are coming my way and you have to pay attention to what's the divine giving you right now, that good thing that's coming your way. Like this interview right now, there are 8 billion people on the planet, 8 billion. Chances that I am on your show with you in this moment is 8 billion to one. And yet here we are. That's the beauty of being that divine. I feel like I won the lottery, Vicki. Because I get to talk uh, to too. you. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm, my mind is just trying to chew on this idea that you are the relationship, that you didn't create it. And so I'm still trying to clarify what that means. Can you mm. help me understand a little sure. bit better? Sure. So, um, you know, Wayne Dyer, who I absolutely love, he used to have this quote. He has two quotes that I love. One is and I'm paraphrasing at this point, that we're spiritual beings having a human uh, experience. So if we're spiritual beings and having a human existence, the spiritual being is the relationship. This is an experience. It's not a relationship. So this relationship had to be here first before you are. Then his second thing that he says is change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change. So that allows you to put the, the, the power back, take your power back and say how I look at that. If I look at it different, I will change and it will change. And you realize that the power to transform is in your fingertips. It's just those are the things that are there. And I hope that helps you understand that this divine gift of human experience also has the soul power of changing the way you look at things and the things you look at will change. So right now, if your mindset is poverty mentality and you take your mindset and you change it to an abundance mentality, everything has to follow in your life, has to follow that energy. It has to. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. So your point of view, your focus and what your attention is on That is what shifts your everything. 
everything. That's, that's the only, and, and I want to say it sounds easy to do, but yesterday I was telling myself a story that was totally unhealthy and I read something wrong and I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. And what I found myself doing was like playing tennis. I could hear my mind want to keep the story that was unhealthy and, and toxic. And I could hear me going, nope, this isn't true. Why do you want to hold on to this? It isn't true. And so the, the tennis ball had come this way and, oh, it's not true. But then I'd let myself rest a minute and my story had come back up and you have to pay attention to yourself and, and actually guide yourself. And somehow we let our mind guide us instead of us guiding us because we think we are our minds and we're not the soul. The human experience we have, we believe that's real, but this part of us isn't real. But this, it's actually the opposite. This is the real and this is the illusion. And that's how, once you learn to manifest from this place and you take your power back, you suddenly have accountability and responsibility to yourself to look at what you're saying and guide what you're telling. You have to guide your mind instead of your mind guiding you. And that to me is, that's the work. And I want to make it, I want to make it known that it is work. And although I have a good high batting average, or sometimes I don't have a high batting average, but I do have enough mindfulness to catch me quicker. Yes. And I appreciated that you gave an example that you are not perfect because as you're sharing your um, experiences and your wisdom, it sounds like, oh my gosh, Vicki is amazing. She's got everything <laughs> down. And then to say, well, you know, true, huh? it's, I'm not, I'm not perfect either. And sometimes these mental struggles, but I love that you put you as the person who, or the entity, whatever the side who's saying, no, that story that's negative, that's not the real thing. Because a lot of times I think we would think it was the other way around. Like I'm the one yeah. saying, no, 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 you know, what do you think of this or, or that kind of thing? Yes, there, there is a distinction in the human experience. When you take your power back, you realize that you are a soul and you have access to a mind and emotions where when you're not, you're like, hi, I have a soul. And when you say I have a soul, it's your mind and your ego that's running the show. It's your mind. I have a soul. Um, well, you are the soul. When when you die, your mind and your ego get left right here along with your body and everything else. And you, the actual you, you go to heaven. And that is the soul of someone that goes to the next incarnation, heaven, whatever you believe in. And um, to me, once you realize that, that you are a soul, you get all the soul powers back. And the soul is the most powerful part of you, right? That's who you actually are. The mind is to assist the soul. The mind should come out when you're crossing the street and say, oh, not yet. The car's coming. Just wait a minute. Oh, there's, okay, it's safe to cross now and you can cross safely. That's the mind. It's using its five senses to help the soul accomplish a task. And um, that's like your business is a reflection of who you are inside. It's a reflection, a mirror reflection of your personal development, your spiritual development, every part of you. That's, that's why I love business. Business is a big mirror about where you're stuck, where you're successful, what your gifts are, what skills you can hone. Love it. 
Wow. And with all of these deep, deep thoughts and you're coming with, and then you popped up with, and this is why I love business because they're all interconnected. And I think most of the world would put all of these little elements into a bento box. Okay. This is where we put the, um, the business and it's not allowed to touch any spiritual, mental, emotional experiences. And, and, you know, we don't, we don't mix and match because, you know, our food's not supposed to touch. And you're just saying, no, this is a reflection of that. So, wow. Okay. So how, how does that influence when someone comes to you with their business idea? Does that give you kind of some insight into their soul and who they are and what their, their passions and what their, what they, what their values are? Great question. The first thing I'm going to ask is the why they want to have this business. Because underneath the why, I have to know, is this person passionate, purposeful about this business? Is this person profit-driven with this business? Why? What is it that they actually want? Because some people, the mistake they make is that they start a business when they don't want to, to solve a problem that isn't even a business problem. So some people are like, it's just like me. How, how can I make some money? How can I make some money? Well, if you lose your job and you have, you know, a family to take care of and suddenly you're like, how am I going to make some money? How am I going to make some money? You actually want money. You don't want to learn the learning curve to having a business. You actually want to solve this problem over here. People who actually want to have a business and just learn to run a business so they can run a business or know how to run a business. It's kind of like um, there's two things you can do when you're hungry. You can learn to cook food and cook yourself a meal, or you can learn to go buy food that's already pre-cooked and just sit down and eat it. And there's two vastly different things. But if you want to learn how to cook a meal, if you want to learn how to cook a meal, that's the true thing. I'll teach you how to cook. I'll teach you how to learn a meal. If you just want to have a full belly and feel satiated, then maybe the answer for you is to go get a loan or go get some food at a restaurant or order some, you know, Uber Eats into your house. The intention of what problem you're trying to solve by having a business, that is uh, the thing I look at. So for example, for me, um, after I graduated college, I was an accountant for a little bit and I hated it. I ate hours sitting in this cubicle, the gray Dilbert cubicles and, and somebody telling me when I can go to lunch and how long I can go to lunch for. And here's the break times. And you know, I know that you work from eight to five, but we need you to party with these clients from five to eight. And I just had no interest in doing any of that. So um, I realized that I valued free my free time so much. I valued control of my life so much. And I was like, how can I protect my free time and what I want to do or my creativity? And I realized that if I learn to have a business, then I learn and help my freedom. And for me, that was the answer. That's the why I wanted to learn how to do the business. And as I started peeling back the layers of understanding business differently, like in a, in a more adult way instead of my younger youthful way, I realized that this was a lot more about who I was. So if you have a, a business 
I suggest everybody have a lifestyle business that fits you. That's what, to me, I'm looking at. So when, uh, long story short, when a client comes into my office, I want to know the why, because they're going to have more success having what they want than what problem they're trying to solve. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a personal problem. Okay. That's interesting. Some things that I had never really thought of before. So for you, it's valuing time. And as a Uh 10-year-old self, it was, how do I make money? And I imagine for a lot of people, those are two of the things that are going to come up a lot, is I'd like to be in control of my time and I want more money. And I think we can have both, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can absolutely have that. That's the thing I want to tell everybody right now. It's like, once you become clear about what you actually want, you will know that you actually want it because the resonance inside you, your own resonance in your own being. It's like, have you ever gone on, like somebody says to you, hey, babe, we're going to go on vacation. And you're like, where are we going? And they say Hawaii. And maybe you've always wanted to go to Hawaii. You're so excited. You're like, yay, Hawaii. Your whole resonance changes. And um, if somebody says, you know, where are we going on vacation? And they say, well, I thought we'd go to Kansas. And you're like, Kansas, the whole, your whole body. Sorry, Kansas. I love you all. I'm thinking anybody who's listening from Kansas, really sorry. Enjoy living there, but it's not (laughs) a very awesome vacation destination. We know that you're cornfields and flatlands (laughs) and, you know, and you're like, Kansas, that is not the, I'm going on vacation capital of the world. And so right away, there's something in you going, huh, that doesn't, you know, or if you said Orlando, we're going to go to Orlando, we're going to go to Universal Studios, and everybody was like, yay, you understand that resonance, that yay, that starts immediately drawing that thing to you, that resonance, you can hold, you can hold it effortlessly, you're like, wow, in three months, we're going to Hawaii, and in two months, we're going to Hawaii, in one month, and you're just, it's building up, building up, building up, building up, you're so excited, And pretty soon you're looking at all the brochures and you're completely dove into it because of that fashion. Well, your business can be that exciting that even the stuff like, oh, I can't stand doing this. You're like, I got to get it done because the next step is this and I'm going to do it. And you get excited about the next step and you can see it through. If it's something that you don't want to do, nobody sees it through. Mm. You do what's important to you. So if your business isn't important to you, you're going to struggle. And if it's important to you and you like it, you're going to thrive. That's yeah. just the nature of about anything. It's not business per se, but anything else. That sounds lovely. And then the, the finished result is like that trip to Hawaii where you love it and you're excited about it. And so your business is not just this trudgery thing that you need to do to make this level of success that you think that everybody else thinks you need to have. It's, I love what I do. And I just can't wait to get up in the morning and get started. And that's a good life. And there are some people who, like, there are some people who have restaurants or a bakery and what they've created that the world loves so, so much. You're like, lining up for miles so they can get that cupcake or that cinnamon roll or that taco from the taco truck. And you will find such great joy in knowing 
that you're making a difference in people's lives. Whether it's, it doesn't have to be some big cosmic aha moment. It can be as simple as making a taco. You know, I'm so and glad so- you brought that up because isn't that <laughs> lovely? Let's so let's go with the taco thing. So you're you're eating this taco, and for the for the time that I am eating this taco, I just am so happy, and my tummy is happy that it is full, and that really yep. does does make the world a better place. It makes my world a better place because I just Absolutely. had a delicious lunch. Yeah, I have a sister who's a Michelin star chef. And she doesn't cook at restaurants. But this one particular Thanksgiving, she uh, offered to make Thanksgiving for me and a few of my friends at um, a friend's house because they have a professional kitchen in it. So I invited 28 guests over and she slaved and cut and chopped and did everything for about 48 hours. And it was beautifully presented. It was the most beautiful Thanksgiving I'd ever seen. The the ambiance, the room, the everything else. And so there was a patio deck outside and all this beautiful inside that overlooks the mountains. It was just a really spectacular meal. And I sat down and I saw my sister go outside with a glass of wine and sit down. And I thought, oh, she's worked so hard. She's resting and she's going to wait. And um, so we ate there and we ate there and I looked and she was just relaxing and enjoying her red wine. And finally, I realized people were going back for seconds and she still hadn't come in to serve herself. And then I thought, I wonder if she's okay. So I popped outside to see her and I was like, honey, are you okay? And she said, oh yeah, yeah, I'm great. I'm just, I'm just seeing if I did things right. And I was like, what? And she goes, every time you cook something, it isn't about how you think you cook it. It's about the joy on their face when they eat it. And what I'm doing is watching the consumer customer. I'm watching them enjoy what they're doing. That's how you know you become. And that day I learned something so valuable in business. And she was like, I'm watching the creation. You see, I cook and people eat to create joy. You think it's to create health and digesting and, you know, but look at all the joy in the room. And I was like, so amazed at her insight and, and her attention and focus and her perspective on what it meant to actually serve a meal, the serving the meal. And the, the taco truck is a certain experience. The certain, like, everybody's like, you know how they always say, I found this dive restaurant. It looks like crap, but the food is so good. <laughs> that's the that's the link behind the nature of the taco truck. The taco truck is that it's just this little dive thing. It wheels away, but it has the best food on it. That's the beauty of the taco truck for me. What a beautiful lesson that your sister taught. And how oh my God, I, that it was you so shared important. that with me. You know, that kind of an, a mentality could just transform cooking into yeah. a joy. And, and it, it is a gift. It's not, oh my gosh, I got to make dinner again today. What am I going to come up with? To, you know, how can I make these people that I love feel joyful? I mean, what what can I do? And, and experiencing that joy. What a beautiful thing. Thank you for all of the things that you have shared and taught today. You have expanded my mind. I'm going to be chewing on things for a little <laughs> while because we went kind of deep. So thank you, Vicki. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. 
In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Nora Roberts. She said, If you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't step forward, you're always in the same place. Today, I invite you to go after what you want so that you can maximize your potential and multiply your results. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.